Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Fearscape Media Network. Exploring the unknown. One podcast at a time. Hey everybody, Stefan here. Wanted to let you know that this episode is sponsored by the great folks over at Box Mountain. Box Mountain is a subscription box service that has my favorite subscription box yet, the Cryptid Crate. Josh got one of these for his birthday this year, and let me tell you, I was super jealous. It was packed full of merchandise pertaining to cryptids. The box he got was all about the Flatwoods monster, and it had this t-shirt, a book, a patch, a mug, and some awesome stickers. And let me tell you, it was well worth the value. These make an excellent Christmas gift that keeps on giving all year. If you use coupon code FEARSCAPE, you get 25% off the first month for any new subscription or 10% off on an individual purchase. So head over now to FearscapePodcast.com slash CryptidCrate to get yours. The SCP multiverse is under constant assault and destruction can come at any moment. Therefore, having just one database is a folly the Foundation can no longer accept. Join Dr. Kevin Milgram and SCP-073, Kane, as they create an oral history of the SCP Foundation in Memories of Kane, an SCP story, hosted by Daniel Dremus. For should the Foundation fall, the unkillable first murderer of man will live on. New episodes drop every second Wednesday of the month on the Fearscape Media Network. Visit fearscapemedia.com for more information. Hello. I'm so glad you could join us. I hope you brought your blanket to hide under. The spooky crew is going to discuss things and events from other realms. Ghosts, cryptids, aliens. Be sure to hold your blanket extra tight as the boys take you deep into the fearscape, fearscape, fearscape. <laughs> Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another fantastic episode of Fearscape Paranormal Podcast here on the Fearscape Media Network. I am your host, Stefan Gearhart, and I am joined, as always, by the love of my life, Josh Rutledge, my co-host. <laughs> your, uh, your podcast wife. My Yes, you are my podcast wife, and uh, my wife, my real wife, is super okay with it. Yeah. I mean, everybody has to have a work wife. For a hobby wife, you, this I'm your podcast wife. You are, you are my podcast wife. 
But we have a very, very special episode <laughs> today um, because we have the person that we've been talking about since day one on this show. You've heard some of her stories as part of our listener stories. We have my sister, Trisha Murphy, is joining us today for a Getting Spooky with Trisha Murphy. What up, Cheech? What up, what up, what up? Yo, so she's you know, on you, the- Yeah, you I mean, you've heard Trisha's stories. You've heard Stefan make fun of the way she says wolf. I, I mean, you've, you've had it, you've you heard it, it all Thank you. over the years. I prefer <laughs> werewolf. I do say werewolf <laughs> as well. <laughs> if you came in, you would be a werewolf. And we grew up in the same household. So I wonder if I used to say it that way and then Kentucky beat it out of me. It probably did. Because you moved back to Ohio and I stayed in Kentucky in high school. So that's where I moved in with Josh. That's wife. right. Yep, we knew from then that we were destined to to be be. together over the airwaves. We're holding (laughs) hands through the microphones right now, pinky to pinky. Uh, uh, But no, thank you, Trisha, for joining us. We're super excited. We've been wanting to get you on here for a long time to talk to you about all that stuff. Now, I know most of it, but there's even stuff I don't know. And uh, we're going to be chatting with you. Um, But of course, before we get to that, we've got to get through our amazing segments. And the first one, which is always my favorite, is Psychic Word of the Week. And now. Psychic word of the week. All right, psychic word of the week comes from the Encyclopedic Psychic Dictionary from Dr. June G. Bletzer. Rest in peace, honey bear. I love you. You're dead and I miss you. I never got to meet you, but I know you're in my kitchen, sitting on my shoulder, whispering sweet psychic words to my brain. Pulling uh, your chair back while you're pulling, trying to work. I know. I wonder if when that happened, if that was June G. Bletzer. Because I've been invoking the hell out of her. You like, do invoke the hell out of her. Yeah. And I want her here because if she was psych, I wonder if she was psychic too or if she was just fascinated by psychic stuff, you know, and decided to write this book. I don't know. I hate it. I want to contact her or her kid because I want to know. I want to want to talk to them. Uh, but anyways, I flipped through the book as usual, doing a little bibliomancy. And then I, we just stop. Uh, Josh, I was spitting this time. You said 99. So I just went ahead and cracked it open to page 99. And uh, the first thing I or the second thing I saw was Caucasian yoga. And I was like, "Mm, we've already had Santosh on, so we don't need to talk about (laughs) Caucasian yoga. Um, But what the the real one, the first phrase that I saw was called cataleptic trance. Uh, This gets into mediumship and seance. And it's funny that we have a medium here with us. Hello. The, uh, the not real medium, because that's Vashti. So <laughs> she's the <Yeah>. real medium. <laughs> um, but no, it says a state of body consciousness in which the medium's body is used by an etheric world intelligence. Hey, we had that come up for us, etheric world intelligence before, um, to yep. perform physical phenomenon. Uh, etheric world intelligence synchronizes and assists the medium into a deep hypnotic state. Medium's condition involves a suspension of normal sensation and partial suspension of vital functions. Sometimes the medium's soul mind slips out in an astral projection. Body becomes very limp before the etheric world intelligence enters. Body could become rigid or behave differently. The intelligence uses the medium's eyes as a point of focus, their voice box to speak, and their arms and legs to execute the necessary phenomenon. 
When the allotted time is up, the intelligence slips out of the body and the medium slips back in to their own body. The body is then completely limp during the switch. Medium returns to normalcy, but remembers nothing. Session is always pre-planned, willed, and desire controlled, can be performed in semi-light or in a seance. This state is necessary for impersonation, etheric surgery, and some types of psychic surgery. We're going to have to look up psychic surgery. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So what is really uh, neat about this is I, I just had a, I don't remember what book I was listening to, uh, but they were talking about how in the case of like uh, uh, Betty and Barney Hill Mm -hmm. and a lot of abduction cases where there's time loss, but yet you wake up somewhere else, like you come out of it somewhere else. Mm -hmm. um, They were saying, uh, or rather the the author of the book was proposing that what is actually happening is, is that your soul consciousness is it's part of your body is basically slipping into more like a coma type state. Right. Well, and that other consciousness is taking over and then taking you wherever, wherever you need to go, which fits into some of the newer theories of alien abduction about it, taking your consciousness or taking your soul on its journey to places and that the body remains. They put like a, like an AI or something in your body. So Mm -hmm. that your body is still doing the body things like if you're driving you don't crash right uh, well, you know, i've also whatever. heard that they they rely on muscle memory as well that uh they are able to perform that function via muscle memory because how many times have you zoned out and you were driving and because oh, yeah. it's where you know you know you're just and all of a sudden it's like five minutes later and you're like oh shit i was zoned out um, and so it could be very similar. I also was reading, I'm reading a very interesting book right now called The Montauk Project, which I highly recommend if you haven't read it. It's highly controversial, of course. Is this um, the one with the horse on the, on the cover? Yes. Yeah, so this is okay. the, this is based off the theory that after the Philadelphia experiment, which was originally called the Rainbow Project, um, that after all of that took place, they decided to focus on the human aspect of it. Uh, because the um, the electrical bottle element that was used for that is actually what they still use to block out radar and stuff like that. So they had refined that pretty early on, but there were so many effects that happened with the humans mentally that they wanted to study more of that. And so uh, this turned into, according to this guy, uh, it turned into the Phoenix Project, which then became the Montauk Project. Um, and so it was like how radio waves affect the human mind and moods and stuff like that. Well, one of the people that had these memories where this came back and stuff like that, they took him to a doctor and they did an x-ray on his brain and found that his brain was dead. He was actually brain dead, which you can still survive if your brain is dead. Um, it's just not very well. Um, you know, uh, cause yeah. like scientifically brain dead. Um, so you still have pulses and stuff going through there, but anyways, his was, he was walking, talking full on. And what they believed was that the, his psychic brain waves were what were keeping his brain going because he was highly intuitive mm. and, um, incredibly psychic. And they think that his psychic energy and his psychic brain waves from the front part of his brain was able to make the whole rest of his brain work. And I thought that was fascinating. And there's even like an, an appendix where like in the back where they talk about that, everything I haven't read it yet, but man, it's, it blew my mind. Well, you know, something that you just said there made me think of something else that I just read. Uh, the guy who wrote 
the Philadelphia Experiment book. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Charles Berlitz, I think. And, yeah. And so <clears throat> apparently back in the mid-80s, he put together some booklets that saw very limited run publishing <clears throat> that contained additional information that wasn't in the uh, Philadelphia Experiment book. Interesting. It's kind of like a Keel's writing. Some of us, his his writings made the books, but some of them didn't. Yeah, well, that's what like Operation Trojan Horse. Yeah, is just a collection of a bunch of different yeah. He has a he has a number like, of collections that are like yeah. that are. And it's interesting when you come across his writings that talk about Mothman or things that we're familiar with already that didn't make any yep. of those books. Yep. So, but it was just uh, like I said. I saw. I think it was on. There's a John Keel uh, Facebook group. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's pretty active with posting that kind of stuff. And I think that's where I saw it, but, uh, but yeah, so it'd be interesting to see what he released that didn't make the book. Yeah. I, I'm very interested in us covering the Philadelphia experiment and then following up with covering the Montauk project because they're, they're closely related and just interesting as hell. Um, just what a remarkable story, man. Like, and just, man, yep. some of those people were found embedded into the metal yeah. pillars and stuff like the the movie is is super creepy <laughs> yeah apparently they so. did a remake it, I, it looked pretty low budget to me but i saw it last night on amazon prime it was like 2018 or 2013 or something like that there's like a yeah. you know another version of it but I, it, it looked so b movie that i was like oh, yeah what's it called this. the philadelphia experiment to check. it's an old 80s movie it's really good um there's even a sequel they basically not so good they they tried to make a destroyer invisible yeah, and destroyer. now that's the real, but in the movie, what they say happened is that it, they got transplanted to 1984 yeah. or 1985 or whatever, yeah. and then they got sent back in time. Um, I've never read the experiment book, so I'm not sure what they do there, but what we do know is that they did, they disappeared in a flash. They ended up in a harbor in Virginia. Um, it was seen by people, and then in a flash again, it was back in the harbor at Philadelphia. Uh, men on board lost their damn minds they were mentally unstable people were found like i said like they had morphed into the into, bulkhead. fused into the bulkheads you know like and yeah. things like that like they got displaced they didn't land at the same spot all yeah. kind this is out there this is real stuff that's out there Sounds good. um yeah. and yeah and then the montauk project supposedly that blew a blew a hole through space and time there's even cryptids in this like there's even a cryptid like there's sightings at montauk of this monster oh, it's good <laughs> but anyways, anyways. <laughs> okay so yeah so let's go ahead and get into then some spooky news since we're getting kind of spooked already from just the psychic word of the week which is basically letting a spirit take over your body um, it's kind of like trance work but a little more planned in my opinion it's like Whoopi goldberg in the ghost kind of yeah right? yes. yeah she's like l- inviting the spirit to take over yeah, that, though even then, that's that's different too than what this was saying. This is a little bit different, um, but all very similar, all in the same wheelhouse, all in the same wheelhouse. All right. Well, anyways, let's go to spooky news. All right. So for spooky news, the story that I have here, it's a little bit of uh, an older story, but I just found it and I really like it. Um, This comes from Fox40.com. The headline reads, don't think I've ever seen anything so horrible. An unexplained mass bird die die off stuns New Mexico. 
Uh, so this comes from KRQE in New Mexico. It says dead birds are being found at an alarming rate across New Mexico and wildlife experts are trying to figure out what is behind it. The total number of dead birds appears to be in the hundreds of thousands. Among the species impacted are warblers, swallows, and bluebirds. Ecologist Martha Desmond, who studies birds, is a professor at New Mexico State University's Department of Fish, Wildlife, and Conservation Ecology. She said that this started in late August when large amounts of birds were found dead at the White Sands Missile Range. At first, it was thought to be an isolated incident. It's devastating. I don't think I've ever seen anything so horrible in my life. When you're there, you know, picking them up off the ground and seeing the extent of it, and then looking at all these carcasses come in and you hear the stories from people across the state, Desmond said, a lot of these species, they're already in trouble and they're experiencing declines. And then to have this type of event occur on top of it is devastating. Desmond is now studying the birds that come in, identifying the species, seeing what kind of shape the birds were in before they died, and then shipping them off to a forensic lab to learn more. Desmond said insect-eating birds seem to be the most affected. Desmond said they don't know what is behind the mass deaths, but the recent early cold snap did play a big role. They are working on a number of hypotheses. She says, we honestly don't know. It could be that the weather moved it and pushed the birds out early in Colorado where it snowed like crazy. Some of them might not have been ready to migrate and so they died in place. But we also think it could be the fires. The West fires across the Western United States forced some of them to change their migratory routes. Some of them could have had some smoke damage. Birds have very sensitive lungs. It could be that we've had some extreme dry conditions here as well. It could be something unrelated that we're not aware of. Desmond and the other wildlife experts are urging the public to help. They want people to take photos of any dead birds they come across and upload them so that experts can study them and get a fuller picture of what is happening in the southwest region. Along with studying birds, Desmond and others are also studying birds that are still alive. She said the birds are showing odd behaviors like being lethargic, spending a lot of time on the ground and letting humans get close to them. Neighboring states, Colorado, Arizona, Texas, are also reporting similar situations and large amounts of dead birds. This is very interesting because I've been seeing a lot of dead pigeons. Now, granted, I did see two cats destroy the shit out of one of these pigeons. <laughs> I, it was it was crazy. Dude. One came from one way, the bird turned around, the other one came from that, and then they just bam. But um, Sarah, God, I hope she doesn't listen to this. She'll be so embarrassed. Sarah was at Arby's the other day and she was going through the drive-thru and there was a pigeon and she thought it would move because that's what birds do. It did not. And she ran over this pigeon. And uh, then the guy behind him then also ran over the pigeon. And I'm like, that to me fits that idea of lethargic. And I am in, in Arizona. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I didn't even think about this, like affecting Arizona birds, but yeah, I have, I have noticed that the pigeons around here and stuff have been acting strange. They let, you know, they're just, they're not moving like they normally do. Yeah. There aren't a lot of dead pigeons. <laughs> yeah. We've been seeing a lot mind. of dead pigeons. Like yes. it's crazy. So, uh, kind of, are you done with the story? Yes. Okay. So an interesting related story my grandparents had a farm, um, and uh, every night at 7 o'clock, uh, the power would flicker off. And we couldn't figure out why. We called the power company. They couldn't figure out why. But every night at 7 o'clock, almost like on the dot, like either like 659, 701, 702, the power would flicker off and come back on. Um, so they, 
uh, ended up getting like a bucket truck and they were driving all the line that, that came in on my grandparents' farm. And they found out in the field around a, tele, uh, around a power line hundreds of dead birds on the ground. Wow. And what it was is there was a power line that had the shielding had come off a little bit. Mm-hmm. And when the birds would land on it to roost for the night, it would electrocute them all. Wow. Oh, my God. And that we would, were in that elementary school. Their... There was a squirrel crawling on oh the power God, line, and yes. almost everybody saw it, dude. And we're like, what's he doing? And then he bites into it, and you see his like his tail oh, goes up in the air, and all the power goes out. And we were like, oh, my God. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> now, did that, because, I mean, power lines are not new, so did that squirrel commit suicide? I think so. <laughs> um, but, I will say to, like, go back to the story itself, yeah. Um, it's saying the first ones were found at uh, White Sands Missile Range, which White you know, Sands, yeah, which is where yeah. very near to where the very first nuclear bomb was ever exploded, and it's still highly radioactive. So, makes you wonder if they got in there or something. And uh, you know, this is how the bird zombie apocalypse starts. Mm. Could be. Well, I just watched. Uh, I've been going back through and rewatching X Files again. Yeah, me, me um, too. Yeah. That's so weird. I <laughs> legit. I've event. been doing that too. Yes. Swear to God, I've so been the, doing I it. just saw it the other day. <laughs> so the very first episode takes place at Holloman Air Force Base, mm-hmm. which I've been to at, yeah. at White's at White Sands National Park. Yeah. Yep, because that's so. man. White Sands is also where they originally took uh, Holloman, and White Sands is where they took the Roswell qua- crash stuff to, and then crash, transported yeah. it to Daytona. I mean, not Daytona, Dayton. <laughs> Daytona. Yeah, Daytona. Yep, they're going to be a, they're, that's So actually what it was, it wasn't a UFO crash, it was a NASCAR crash. It was a NASCAR crash, exactly. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so that's our that's our spooky news for the week, and uh, I'm, I'm anxious though, because again, we got a lead in here with his aliens, let's get into our UAP sighting of the week. All right, Josh, so what sort of unidentified aerial phenomenon uh, have you found for us this week? What sighting? Yeah, so this one comes from Albuquerque, New Mexico. Again, again, New Mexico. You know what? I, I mean, I just told Trish to pick a state, you know, and I picked a sighting from there, Albuquerque. So mm-hmm. interesting Psychic. that. Psychic. Yep, all this <laughs> kind of worked out. It, would this classify as a synchronicity? I'm not sure. Yes, but, it does. And I used um, to live in Albuquerque, so. Hmm. And uh, and uh, astronaut Ken Johnston uh, mm-hmm. lives yep. in. That's how I was I able to, uh, yeah, get to know him because my brother knew him. Yep. Yep. So, anyways, um, this comes from Albuquerque. This happened on October fifth of this year at uh, eight fifty-seven p.m. local time. Nice. And here we go. First, I was distracted by two flashes to the west and southwest part of the sky. As I turned, I saw two lights traveling in the same direction. As they did, the light would pulse much slower than a blinking aircraft light. Both lights made hard 120-degree turns quickly. It seems as though a light washed across the surface like a turning car's headlights across a wall. After 10 seconds, I saw four more of the same flashing, pulsing corner lights. I could follow several as they were visible more than not. 
They may have been dozens or hundreds of miles away, the sighting lasting 20 to 30 seconds in all. I sat and watched 30 minutes longer but saw nothing more. I am an amateur astronomer and know my planets, satellites, and the International Space Station. This was truly unexplainable to me. Satellites and the International Space Station. This was truly unexplainable to me. Very cool. Very cool. So then he knows whether you know, it's Starlink, whether it's ISS. Or... Yeah. And 20 you know, I was, I was, seconds, that's a long time. 20, yeah, that's a long time. Um, I was like uh, coming home. Uh, this is not a uh, creepy catch-up. Uh, but I was coming home today, and there was a UPS plane. You know, they fly over my house mm-hmm. all the time. And this one was pretty low. And we, you know, you've been out there before when they've come in, like, really low before, and it's, mm-hmm. it's always odd. But this one was really low, and it was flying parallel to me. It was it was going, let's say, south, and I was going north, and that's not the direction we were going in. But, you know, so we were approaching each other, but it looked like it was just sitting there. Like, yeah. it wasn't moving. They, yeah, those always and, are the weirdest. The ones that sit low in the sky, they look like they're just sitting there, and it's creepy. You're sitting like, there, it's it like crashing? it's just hovering. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I mean, always what's like, going this on? thing's going to crash. But I mean, it was it was so low and so still that like I could make out every detail of it as I was traveling. It was crazy. <laughs> so weird. So, That's so but weird. Uh, but yeah, very very interesting sighting. Um, uh, you know, Albuquerque, New Mexico itself has a number of high sightings. Um, you know, I, I like this. You said two flashing lights. So, you know, we either well, have a it, pair it, or two that turned into it. four. Right. So two that turned you know. into four. So. And that's always the question: yeah. is, is it multiple? Is it is it just showing more lights? You know what is it? That's what's yeah. Weird. I mean, what the night sky? Yeah. What what can you not see in between the lights? Right. Mm-hmm. So, right. Um, are they connected to something or whatever? Trish, what are your thoughts? I don't know. I was actually just thinking about when I was younger. Um, a childhood friend of Stefan and I's, uh, Nikki. We went to a baseball game. I don't remember if Stefan was there or not. And um, we were all, you know, watching the game. And we just happened to be, the next thing I remember is we're looking up in the sky and we see this bright light and um, brighter than the stars. And um, it starts moving. And, and I'm not, I don't really believe in aliens at all. Um, but this is the only time I've ever seen anything like it. And it just um, was making... Um, going back and forth and up and down and Nikki's one that alerted me to it and um, and then all of a sudden like you said Josh it split into two mm-hmm. Um, mm. and then they were moving and then it split into three and all of us like at this baseball game was staring up in the sky and it was just it was interesting like we all shared this together and um, mm. we didn't talk about it afterwards but I'll never forget it like I was pretty young and um, it was really interesting it did split it was weird um, so for someone cool. that doesn't believe what do you think it was I have no idea um, I kind of forgot about it um, until you guys were talking about you know just aliens and it moving in the sky and splitting and then it kind of just jogged my memory um i don't know i definitely couldn't explain it and we were so young they didn't have you know those uh what are they the things that fly in the air now drones they didn't have drones back then so i i have no idea i mean that it it wasn't an airplane because it was going different directions um the only thing i 
The only thing, the only other thing that I could think of, and I don't, you would have known this, right? Would be a lot of times back in the days, baseball games, they would have like somebody would parachute in to bring the game ball. You know, they would do the like these yeah. big skept- spectacle things to, but you would know, obviously. Well, if yeah, this was like a Detroit Tigers game. I was just about <laughs> to say, um, this was her cousin's baseball game yeah so it's just so it was like it was, local it was high yeah. school yeah so um i don't know but i didn't see any shapes i didn't see like a ship it was just really well and you don't lights. have to that's that's the misconception with ufo and uap is people think automatically that it's aliens but really it's just an unidentified flying object or unidentified right. aerial phenomenon we don't know, you know what it is yeah there's a lot of speculation even that a lot of those lights are not even physical. They're just energy sources that manifest themselves uh, in the area. So it was um, definitely yeah, I mean, a we, strange experience because I was looking around and everybody was watching it. We were just kind of like the baseball game stopped. It was strange. Makes you wonder if they did a news story on it in Toledo back then, if that many people saw it. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, too. I could, couldn't narrow crack, down when that was. So <laughs> crack to it. Yeah, just look just look for all the news articles between whatever the dates were. Yeah, for real. Um, but yeah, thank you, Josh, <laughs> for sharing that unidentified aerial phenomenon sighting of the week with us. Uh, let's go ahead and get moving straight into some creepy catch up so we can get to this getting spooky with Trisha. Creepy catch up. Creepy catch up. Creepy catch up. Creepy catch up. Y'all, it's creepy. All right, creepy ketchup. All right, Josh, what do you got? Uh, what kind of creepy ketchup you got? And Trisha, you're very welcome to join us. If you've had anything weird happen to you the last week or two mm-hmm. or so. Yeah, I've not had a whole lot happen. I, I will say that um, a couple, like last weekend, uh, you know, we, we just like we talked in the two episodes back about the whole close encounters of the fifth kind and that whole mm-hmm. CE5 protocol and everything. So um, Stephen Greer put out an email asking everybody to try to do this kind of mm-hmm. community wide thing on like last Saturday night or something yeah, between the Saturday. hours of like nine to midnight, your, you know, whatever your local time is, nine to midnight, to try to make this like beacon beacon. Um, to anybody that's out there so i i talked my wife into going out now i didn't we didn't go all the way out you know where the fire pit is we didn't go all the way out to the fire pit i i used that little temporary one that i had and Mm -hmm. pulled it in closer to the house so if the girls needed us we'd be closer um and we sat out there uh in uh in in 28 degree weather with a fire that just would not get started uh, to try to experience (laughs) some stuff um and uh in and i learned i learned two things in that in that whole experience one my wife although she is getting to be more open to a lot of this stuff she's still very freaked out by it because mm-hmm. um there were times when like those uh, entities that were there the last time that we were out you know like the kind of the black shadow people mm-hmm. that were watching i saw them a couple of times um she kept seeing things out of the corner of her eye that she couldn't explain um, it was freaking her out really bad. So um, definitely baby steps to get. I mean, her what she needs to know is if they ain't hurt you yet, they're not going to. Yeah. Like at this. Well, point. So I kept trying to tell her that like, it's you know, just scary because it's just like Andrea Perrin said, it, yeah. you're just scared yeah. because it's, you don't know. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, and then the second thing is, uh, I need a new long underwear because <laughs> mine did not cut the bill. <laughs> they were like, they weren't working. Like I was from the waist that's not up. Creepy I was catch warm. Up, that's just creeping up. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> no, they, they just weren't warm at all. So I told my wife, like, you can give me some new long underwear for Christmas. <laughs> was but, it you um, that posted or was it Chris? The, uh, don't worry guys. We're only two weeks away and it showed like holy underwear and holy socks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was <laughs> That was uh, it was Chris. So the um, the only other creepy ketchup thing that I had was this morning. My one of my daughters woke up like really sick. She uh, it was really weird. I um, sometimes when I sleep, like my leg ends up outside of the covers, like on the floor. It's like I just too, yeah. I just put my foot on the floor for some yeah, reason. I, I do it too, man. <laughs> it's weird. So. Um, and I, I jokingly, because one, one morning I woke up and I was like, one leg was outside of the covers and like the covers were kind of flipped back a little bit and like one arm was up over top of my head. <laughs> and I told Kristen, I was like, it's like the aliens just dumped me back into bed and then like left me wherever I was. They're like, quit. So, go, go. The cat's here. Go. <laughs> <laughs> but so I was laying there this morning and I, and I felt, uh, I felt clammy fingers on my leg. Um, which like made me recoil underneath the covers, but it turns out it was my daughter trying to get my attention ah! because because she was felt like she was getting sick. So anyway, so I was up from like two thirty forward. I've had eight cups of coffee today, um, but at one point at like four o'clock in the morning, we we're like, well, run to the store and get a Seven Up and, and saltine crackers because that was always the go to for my mom mm-hmm. whenever in, you were like in puking. Toledo and Michigan. It's Verner's and crackers. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't like it. Verner's is uh, ginger, ginger ale. Right? Yeah, because ginger's yeah. good for the stomach. I like ginger ale. But so I'm just saying really that's smart. what it was. Like yeah. everywhere yeah. people have their own. It's really funny. Yeah. Well, Kristen's was always um, snaps, snaps. I don't know, whatever it is. Anyways, Shop, sh- some uh, other. Oh my God. I can't think of the name it, of it. It's, yeah. it's a different ginger ale, but I can't yeah, think of what it's, it's not, called. It's the not good one. Is it? <laughs> the not good one. Yeah, yeah, I know, I, I know. know but anyways, yeah. so I was backing out of the garage to go to the store, and it's always, I always, every time I open the garage door, I always stick my head out to see what the what the star situation looks like. Am I going to see stars? <laughs> Am I, do I have an opportunity to potentially see a UFO, or is it overcast? So I always stick my head out and look. And when I did that, um, I helped. I like I heard this kind of rustling like around the corner of my house. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I just dismissed it as a deer or something. So we got in the car, backed up. Um, my motion light on the corner of my house came on. So it's like, you know, right in my face. Um, and out of the corner, like I glanced out my uh, driver's side window towards the backyard. And I see this long gray leg mm. pull back into the shadows. Mm. Well, this is extra creepy because it has been established through Ouija board and through other things that he has grays that are at his house. That are there. Yeah. I, so I think I've seen that's an alien. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, gray, gray is a being. We don't really know. Oh. Okay. People yeah. say alien, but, but yeah, they don't we, really know what it we, is. It could be ultra terrestrials. Okay. It could be from underground. Yeah. There's there's a yeah. lot of theories. That's why their eyes are so big because they've lived underground. Or and... different dimensions. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. True. Um, so. So uh, one, so man. that was the that was my only really creepy catch up, and I mean I, that was. I still like I'm playing that over and over again. Like I can still see it like it was 
Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, it's just, I don't know how else to explain it. Now, I mean, I do have some white lawn chairs that were setting up in the yard from where Kristen and I did the CE5 thing the weekend before, but they're like, I mean, they're like 30 feet from where the well, car dude, was. If you this got was a like, haunted lawn chair, that's a whole different story. I don't think, it, but yeah, but, it, <laughs> but I mean, it, this was like, this was like right underneath the floodlight for the garage. Mm-hmm. Like it was right. standing at the corner of the garage watching me realized that its leg was in the light. It's what pulled its leg back. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Whew. So mm. Trish, you got any creepy ketchup? I do actually. Um, so as some of you know, um, I am able to, um, at times see spirits. Um, I close myself off most of the time, but sometimes, um, some still come through and, uh, and Stefan, I don't think that I told you about it because something happened at that moment that, um, that I seen the spirit, but we were on, I believe it was called Paradise Peak. Uh, Pinnacle Peak. Pinnacle Peak? Pinnacle okay. Peak in Scottsdale, Arizona. Yeah, so we were hiking on this uh, mountain. It was our first time on this trail. Um, it uh, was it was fun. Yeah, it was up a mountain, down the mountain, up another mountain, and then back. It was beautiful. <laughs> it was gorgeous, but who Lord, my legs was hurting. Yes, and so I don't know, like, I get these feelings sometimes that, like, um, you know, that feeling you get when someone's watching you and you look mm-hmm. behind you and somebody's yeah. watching you. So um, I, I got feel that like feeling. Somebody's watching me. Yep. Yes. <laughs> So, so I turn around and nobody's there. Like there's nobody for anywhere. So I'm like, oh shoot. And then all of a sudden the image pops up in my head and it's a native American. And I do tend to see native American, um, while I hike just once in a while, you know, I get that feeling. And, um, as I was like seeing this image of it walking, um, behind me, um, boom, there's a freaking huge spider in front of us and mm-hmm. i'm like oh my god Stefan, get your camera out and it was this it was this like maybe three inch um tarantula and we weren't sure what kind it looked like a tarantula it was creepy like, which we, we verified pictures. yeah it's an arizona blonde tarantula yes i put it up on my facebook it was um very interesting well, the- very cool the blondes are supposedly one of the, the alien, alien species, so. species too. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's. It weird. was a symbol. Yeah. Interesting. Um. So yeah. So then I forgot about it altogether because I, you know, I see spirits all the time, and um, I just don't always say when I see them. And um, but yeah, I mean that was it. I don't know if it was like wanted. I don't know. I don't know if it alerted me to the spider or if it just went you know just two things happened at once but um it was pretty interesting i mean who knows i mean with native americans that could have been the native american spirit animal i mean there's all sorts of things that it could be oh yeah well and you you know i don't know um the whole idea of reincarnation it it could have the spirit could have been attached to that spider that too that too yeah (laughs) very deep (laughs) um so i have a really interesting creepy ketchup story um, and uh, I have kind of proof because uh, the person there was a person there with me. So I went to go get a haircut 
it had been like two months since I got a haircut. So I masked up and all kinds of stuff and went to go get a haircut at Great Clips. That's my jam and uh, not a sponsor. And um, I go there and it's this little, um, this little Native American lady. And um, I mean, she's like five feet tall, nothing. She had to stand on a little stool to help me. Um, but she'd be cutting my hair and then her damn drawer would open by itself. She would walk over and she would get a different clip or a different comb she would shut that drawer she'd be cutting she'd be cutting that drawer would pop open by itself she would walk over and after the third time i was like you got a ghost in here and her eyes get all big and i was like or do you just have a malfunctioning drawer she's like no i have a ghost she's like his name is tony she's (laughs) like he's my old mentor who i trained from when i went to um Uh, what is it called? Like, I don't want to say haircut in school, but that's cosmic. <laughs> is it like cos- cosmo- yeah, cosmology? Yeah, cosmetology. Cosmico- cosmetology. Cosmetology school. She yeah. went like 30 years ago or whatever. And so this was this older gentleman that died. She said, he's always been with me. She said, everywhere I work, my drawer opens up and I know that that's Tony saying, you need to use this different clip or you need to use this different comb. Mm. And she's like, and she's like, go try to open it. And so like, I'm hitting it. I'm kicking it. I'm punching it. It's not popping open. And if it was a malfunctioning drawer like that, just a tap yeah. would have opened it. Sagged open, yeah. She's like, it doesn't get left open at night. And the girl behind me was like, she's right. It don't. It's crazy. It only happens to her. We've used that station. It never opens. But as soon as she's over there, here comes Tony. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, it was so, crazy, dude. And I could so feel it, too. You- I had goosebumps. Did you tip Tony as well for, no, you know, for the advice? No, I didn't have any ghost uh, cryptos. Crypt, crypt. They just use crypt, <laughs> crypt currency, not <laughs> crypto. Oh, you get the joke out. <laughs> crypt currency. <laughs> I didn't have any crypt currency. Uh, but no, it was crazy, dude. It was a really cool pudding moment. And I'm glad I said something to her. Um, you know, but she was like, you're the first you, then- person to think that it was a ghost. She's like, everyone else is like, oh, your drawer's messed up. <laughs> <laughs> and then you converted her as a podcast listener. Right? I did. I did. So I'm hoping she's listening because I did tell her <laughs> to listen that because I, I told her I was going to talk about it. Um, but yeah, she said it's her old teacher, her old mentor, Tony. And he died, she said, like That's 20 awesome. years ago. And it was him. Yeah. So really cool. It was just one of those really great, happy ghost stories, you know, because it was just really cool. And I had goosebumps like I could feel something was up and, you know, her and the other haircut lady like totally like, yeah, <laughs> it was yeah. really, really cool. So, yeah, that was my creepy catch up for the week. That's, you know, I haven't had much in a while. So it was nice to kind of have something big like that happen. So, yeah really enjoyed that so anyways that's our creepy catch-up for the week i know we've been talking forever so let's get to uh getting to getting spooky crypt 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 currency uh we (laughs) get to getting spooky with trisha murphy right after this ad break heard us talk about all the amazing books we've been able to listen to on audible everything from fiction to sci-fi to true crime and more audible is the leader in the audiobook industry with a library of over 200,000 audiobooks start listening now by going to fearscapepodcast.com slash audible hello there my name is sam and I'm the man with no name, Lance Wayne. 
and we're the hosts of The Antagonists, an all-villain podcast. You can join us every other Thursday for a new episode as we discuss all of your favorite villains from books, movies, and more. Are the villains you love to hate really as wicked as they seem? Tune in and find out. You can find us on all major podcast platforms or join us over on fearscapemedia.com. All righty. Welcome back. Thank you guys for sticking around after the break. We are back. We are here with the Trisha Murphy, uh, medium, uh, psychic, um, nerd extraordinaire. Um, she is my sister and, uh, you'll also next week be able to hear her on misters of the dark as well. She's going to be on there as well. Um, doing our Christmas episode, but we got her first. And so we're going to be talking about all of the stuff, like all your spooky stuff. Church, that's what we're here. You've sent us some ghost stories. We've shared them, but we're going to, we're going to get down and dirty. All right. And that sounds gross because you're my sister. So, and I don't know if, if you maybe know the answer to this, but I've always wondered, and Stephanie, you might know, why are mediums called mediums? Do you know? Mm, no. Do we need to look that up? Is that in the encyclopedic psychic? I guarantee you it is. <laughs> Hold up. June G. Bletzer said, I mean, go it, to page. <laughs> oh, my God. But I, I, mean, I opened, wow. like, right to it. Really? Um, well, not, like, literally one page over. Page. Um, wow. So medium, which is short for mediator, and it, it means go-between. One who serves as an instrument through which the personality, blah, 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 blah. But yeah, medium got shortened from mediator. Okay, that makes sense. Well, that's what I I thought maybe medium being in the middle or so to speak. Mm -hmm. Um, Because they're the person that's in between, between the spirit and talking to you. Right. Interesting. I'm glad we looked that up. <laughs> I'm glad you flipped right to it. I, d- I told you it was June G. Bletzer, dude. She's here. I love yeah. you, Honey Bear. Um, I'm married though. Um, but no, uh, let's kick things off and just uh, you know. And I don't even know if I know this or not, but um, Trish, as far as I know, I this has always been something. Now we grew up in a haunted house. Um, it was absolutely haunted. I have had many experiences there. You, we've had shared experiences and the like. But what was the first? kind of experience you had where you realized something is going on that's different than everyone else around you what was your first ghost or medium type experience or first spirit seeing thing sure so um i was a little bit older um i don't know how old i was um but i was sleeping upstairs we had a duplex and um our our caretaker, Marianne, um, I wanted to sleep in the room. She slept out in the uh, living room. She had a hurt knee and it was just easier for her. And I would sleep in the bedroom. And um, so one night, like it was just, I, I remember it was really, really cold and I had the blankets on me and I felt like this breeze and, um, I was like, what is that? And I pull down my covers because I'm just freezing. I got it over my head. And I look over to my right and there's this little girl, but you could see through her. Mm. Um, she had this purple dress on. It had like these um, flower shapes on the dress. Mm. Um, she had this brown short hair. Um, I remember these small features 
And I said, who are you? And she's just looking at me. And I look down to the ground for whatever reason. And she has no feet. Very strange. It scared me so bad. And I looked at her and I knew right then this was a ghost. Mm -hmm. And I said, are you a good ghost? And I went to touch her and she started levitating and she started like going over me. And at that point, I was so scared. I put the covers back over my blankets. And you know, when we were young, you didn't tell somebody that you were still awake. Mm -hmm. Like you had to be quiet. And I was so scared to let these blankets down. And um, if you don't mind, I'll tell you what happened the next night. Yes, please. Um, Because that was the first time that I can remember in my memories of seeing something that I knew just was not real. Um, that this no story I have ever like been told, like never heard anyone describe a ghost before like that. Um, and so I'm going to bed again the second night. And again, I feel this breeze and I see this man holding the little girl that I had seen the night before holding her hand. And he walked in and I remember he had these khaki pants and he had this white shirt on kind of like the Amish wear Mm -hmm. and they it was tucked in and his belt was made of rope and he just he looked like he was from a very long time ago and when I looked at the little girl like her dress was frayed on the bottom because the night before I didn't notice as much as she floated over me and I freaked out um, and so he walks over, um, to the same side of the bed and I say, are you a good ghost? And he looked at me and he said, yeah, or he shook his head. Yes. There was no talking. Hmm. And, and I said, are you her dad? And he shook his head. Yes. And I freaked out. Like I could not believe it was like an overload for me. Um, and I just, I got so scared. And again, I put the blankets over my head. Um, I was just so, um, incredibly in shock, I think. And I remember telling my friends across the street, Linda and Crystal about it. And I remember having them come over to stay the night so they could see these spirits. Um, I do remember they came over, but I don't remember what happened, um, when they came, but, um, it's something I'll never forget. I know soon after that, um, I started seeing spirits in that room. They started like rising up through the floors and they started coming in through the walls and, oh my God, it just freaked me out. I was so, so overwhelmed. And, uh, um, at the time we were um, Catholic, our grandparents were strong Catholics. Um, they make you believe that ghosts, um, were actually demons, mm-hmm. um, and yeah. that they weren't there for good, that they were there to hurt you or to make you do something. And I, I lived in fear for a very, very long time. Um, but that was the beginning of it. That's crazy. Cause well, one thing I wanted to say is, is your follow-up day tells me it wasn't a little girl astral traveling. So there's that, uh, you know, especially being able to communicate with the father the next day, but 
there you had moments when you were younger too that I remember and I've shared on this show where you know I would be afraid of falling off the bed and you'd say Stefan there's an old man here he's wearing glasses you know he says don't fall and he's the one that's pushing me back up and that's when we did the research and found out that the old man had fallen and all that stuff and that was because of you telling me that you had seen him uh, but you were I mean three this is when we very yeah, very first I remember moved in. you telling me the story of mm-hmm. that and I definitely don't recall that but I remember there were so many spirits in that house so many I mean that's where I was... saw Aunt Kathy and I mean I had my ghost experiences it's what were you gonna say Josh? so I was gonna say it's it's really interesting that um, you know so many uh, intelligent haunts let's call them you know because the difference there right there they know what's going on um probably are around all the time trying to get people's attention and nobody responds right um and boy when they find somebody that can but when they find someone i came to learn several years later i was like a shining light in darkness yep they do not right and they did they came in droves and they do to this day so stefan it's really interesting the, the old man uh, who was trying to keep you from falling off the bed? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think back to your creepy catch-up from a few months ago, where a ghost in your car pulled your wheel to keep yeah. you from going into the other lane. And I wonder if you know that old man from your house is. If it's the same one. I didn't even think about this- that. Yeah, and it's very interesting because the room where she's talking about where, because we all shared a room very early on, but when she moved upstairs to the bedroom up there, that's where that old man used to sleep, but it was also directly above our bedroom. So mm. very, very interesting. <laughs> that I mean, yeah, our house was haunted as, as oh, all get out. But man. I don't know if you told Josh, which I'm sure you did, but we lived on great, like, grave sites mm-hmm. of like uh, native americans and yeah and then it was toledo era. and it was toledo city cemetery until yes. they moved it yeah we used to find coffin yeah. handles and all kinds oh of my stuff God, so much stuff and you know there's probably a ton that didn't get moved oh definitely i mean they stacked <laughs> bodies upon bodies yeah because they would yeah. just overflow yes. right well and especially you have situations that lead to a need for mass graves and things mm-hmm. like that so yes. you end up you know yeah but yep. Yeah. Um, so I I don't know. This is I am very curious, and I don't know where this is um, in your um, in your timeline. But I've heard Stefan talk about the uh, time where you two went missing, mm-hmm. and Stefan, oh, you equate God, that to yeah. a potential to a potential abduction. Right, Stefan, right. you equate that to that. I do. But I'm just curious. Trish, what your was, remembrance of that is. Okay, so I brought this up to Stefan a while <laughs> back um, because I had been having this dream for years. And um, I don't know, I just felt like I needed to talk to him about it. And I don't, it's been so long since I've told the story because we had just talked about it years ago. But um, what I remember is we were in Burnport, um, which was a section of Toledo, a very poor area. And I remember we went in the back, um, of the apartment complex and there was like, um, this house there and there was like these Hills. And, um, I just remember playing on this yard and, or whatever it was, it was like a foresty area. Mm -hmm. 
And um, all I remember personally is like this old guy coming out with a gun. Um, and I don't know, it, that's, that's what I remember. That's all I can think of to say about it, but it was a constant dream. Um, and then when I brought it to Stefan's attention, he kind of filled in some gaps. Um, which Cause I, I was having the same dream. I thought was a dream mm. all those years. Yeah. And so I, to this day, I have no idea. Um, but it was strange that we both shared it and I was very young at the time. Um, God, I had to be what? Two, two or three. Yeah. At the most three. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, it was, we were pretty young. Yeah. I was four or five. Yeah. 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 And my, and I don't even know if you remember this or if you weren't even there, but mom's confirmed it, that that happened. Really? Yeah, that she found us because the old guy called her and because um, we got lost in the woods and we ended up at his house and stayed the night there and stuff. And because mom, remember, mom didn't have a car, so right. she had to borrow a car and she ended up coming to get us the next day. Uh -huh. And we were up in Michigan. We were six miles north. Oh, up in really? Michigan. Mm -hmm. Yep. Well, wow. I need to hear this. Story That's again. yeah. <laughs> I talk about it a lot because we were gone for two and a half days. What? And um, mom was afraid to call the cops because she was afraid that dad was, you know, that, you know, this was back before she took off. <laughs> so she was afraid she was going to lose us. So she, you know, she didn't want to say anything yet. Um, and she had seen a show that said, like, you know, you got to wait 48 hours anyways. Um, and she was freaking out and she was about to call the cops when the old guy called her. And we were, we were, uh, and I only remember one day, I remember waking up in the woods on the leaves, not knowing where we were. And the old guy with the gun who sat there, he gave us soup. And while we slept, he sat in this chair, looking out the window, holding his gun, like something was happening. And so wow. I am curious because he was already coming out with his gun yeah, that's when we I rolled remember. up. So I equate it to an alien abduction. I think that it's possible that we huh. were abducted for two days because we ended up six miles away from the house yeah. into Michigan. Wow. Yeah. What, so so where you all lived then i don't know if you know but where you all lived then were you close to woods that you could wander yes. into the woods they, we were right okay. next to swan creek so uh swan creek oh yeah that right makes total sense i know exactly where that is <laughs> well i'm just saying it's it's where there's a creek there's woods and so um swan creek is a very large creek that empties into uh the maumee river there Okay. Um, but it goes all the way area. down to Swanton, Ohio as well, but it goes north as well, and you can cut across. But yeah, there's a lot of woods behind there. Um, that's, you know, the other side of those woods is uh, MCO, the medical college uh, there. So it's it's a definitely a little Does, bit wooded. So do you think Schitt's Creek has woods? <laughs> yeah, probably. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Well, uh, of course it does, because a bear shits in them. So it does. <laughs> but yeah, it's a it's a crazy story, man. And I oh, I loved when you brought that to me it. because I man for years I just thought it was a dream that I had when I was younger. Um, but yeah, no, it turned out to be pretty. You know, no, who knows how accurate it is? Right. You know, at the end of the day, I mean, we're yeah. looking back through kid memories, but there are moments that cross up for us. You know, the man with the gun right. and um, certain things like Forest that. So. And all that i don't know wow yeah it'd be uh, i don't know that you how you would ever find it but it'd be really interesting to know if that man's still there and if he also has the same recollection i know i doubt it he was pretty but, uh, old oh my god that would have been like 30 no like 35 years ago 40 maybe? 
36 years ago, yeah. Because I'm 40. He gone. Yeah, he gone. Because I remember <laughs> he was old. I didn't know how, yeah. didn't know how old he, he was. He had a big gray yeah, beard. Yeah. <laughs> He's old. Um, but yeah, uh, thanks. I'm glad you can help kind of like um, verify that for me. Well, that's, nice. <laughs> that's cool because I haven't told that story since I told you it years ago. Like, I didn't even remember what you know your memories were. I mm-hmm. just remembered that we shared it together. Yeah. So it was cool hearing it again. Yeah, it's cool, man. Um, my question then goes into, um, so at what point did you decide, okay, I'm not going to be scared of this anymore. I maybe need to work with these people. You know, at what point did you say, stop, 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 and I'm going to help you? <laughs> so- yeah, what, at what point did you decide you were going to be a psychic social worker? <laughs> <laughs> so um, my son was probably about... I don't know, two or three years old, um, which would have been maybe nine to 10 years ago. Um, my husband and I were not getting along at all. Um, it was just a really hard time for me. Um, we happened to move into this house, um, that was very, very haunted. Um, I had some very, very, um, strange experiences there. And, um, I just remember like Jeff and I were not happy. Um, and I just, I felt like I wasn't me. Like I was trying to make him happy. I was trying to make the baby happy. I, but I wasn't trying to make me happy. And at the time, you know, I was crossed between, do I believe in God? Don't I believe in God? Um, and I started researching, you know, uh, spirits and being able to see spirits and, started to realize that actually I wasn't the only one because I kept that to myself. It was a secret for years. Um, and I didn't, I like pushed away the spirits where I kind of forgot for a while till I hit about 17. Um, but that moment I just, I said, you know what, I'm going to find my own religion, my own beliefs. I'm going to look into this. I'm going to be happy again. Um, and I started meeting some renowned psychics there and I started, um, like going to them and getting readings. And then I, uh, there was this one, I asked her if I could, she actually asked me if I could come to her house and they would have fellow people like myself and Reiki masters and just different Except people. The one I, I went to too. Um, that, that was the lady. I can't remember her name. Oh, Kimmy Kimmy Rose, Kimmy Rose. Um, we just called her Kimmy Mm -hmm. and I had been going to her for a long time, years, never even told her that I seen spirits. And then one day I said, can I, can I ask you if, if I see spirits, can I tell you what I see around you and what I feel about you? And can you tell me how accurate I am? Because I need somebody I don't know. Yeah, Kimmy was uh, a pretty positive person for you. She became a good friend of mine, too. I went out with you one or two times to those events, and they were great. But I can see that now. I didn't realize that's when the breakthrough happened. But yeah, Kimmy Rose was awesome. And she still is. You can still find her online. Yeah, and then I realized, (laughs) like, okay, they're not demons. Um, They actually want help. And that's what most of them came to me for, because eventually through time, I started hearing them in my head um, and, and 
all they wanted and I didn't really hear them. I mean, sometimes it wasn't, it was more pictures and feelings and um, urge, urgency, you know? And, mm-hmm. um, and she told me like, you have this gift for a reason, you know? And, and I started like telling my friends, you know, I started um, sharing with them it what got I us, saw around them all It got us years. a lot closer because I was already yes. into all of that. I never shied away from it. And so this got you and I really close. And you close. introduced me to tarot reading, mm-hmm. which took me so long to understand. And when I got it, I got it. And, um, you know, it, it's really, I've learned that it's just helped so many people and so many spirits to be at rest, at peace, mm-hmm. um, to say the things, because what they've told me is, you know, if you have a mental illness, you know, while you're in the real world, um, or if you have like anger issues or whatever it is, um, when you pass or DDE, if you're de- developmentally disabled, um, when you pass, that is no longer there. That's where you start your peacefulness, mm-hmm. um, your ascension um, to what some people say heaven or whatever it is. Um, and they need to get things off their chest. And when they see people like me, these lights, you know, beaming, um, they need to come and tell me that's why so many people come around because they want to feel more at peace with themselves. And, and it's not even a selfish thing. They want their family to feel more at peace because they hold on to so much that when you pass, you let go. And so it just helps them, um, communicate with the other side. And so that's what I started doing. Um, Mm. and, you know, unfortunately, you know, real life happens and you got to go to college, you got to work a job, you know, you've got to take care of your child. And so I never truly was able to emerge myself into this until, um, recently I'm just starting more again to start back up. Um, finally when, you know, uh, life's going a little bit easier. So, so very, um, so, you know, you had mentioned, and Stefan and I have talked about it before, um, that it's it's really hard to turn off your, we call it, you know, the third eye, you know, turn off your perception, your like extra sensories, your perception. Yeah. <clears throat> but you talk about sometimes you basically have to, like, turn the volume down, so to speak. Uh, so you don't really turn it off. You just kind of turn it. You mute, you mute, <laughs> mute, the, mute the channel. Is that an apt description? I guess. I mean, what Kimmy had taught me is um, you just imagine something strong, um, something that can't break, and it goes around you completely. Shielding. Yeah, shielding. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, um, and, And sometimes, you know, you ask the spirits, like, I will come to you another time. This is not the time you have to leave. Um, if they mm. try to break through that shielding, mm-hmm. um, or sometimes they'll just run past, you know, just to, so they can be seen or they don't even realize you can see them, you know, and I'm like, oh, shoot, I need to shield, you know, and, um, 
or like, God, all the time, people's grandparents, you know, want to say something. They're always with their family members. Our, our friend Paul, his mom. All the time. All the time. Because Paul has just completely shut it off. He doesn't want to focus on it, deal with it, that she passed yeah. away 10 years ago. And every time Trish is around him, Ugh. she's like, your mother. And her name is Trish, Trish. as well. She's Ugh. like, your mother Trish is here. And Paul's like, I don't care. She is such a strong personality, too. Mm-hmm. She comes through so hard. She was in living life, spirits. too. <laughs> like, she is the loudest um and she wants to be heard it's quite annoying at times when Paul's <laughs> around because Paul does not want to hear about it one thing I was going to say you know you talked about how you know they're here they're free and I always think about Grandma Carol just flying oh, around yes, doing cartwheels which is and- where we probably got a lot of our psychic gifts from my yes. grandmother I've talked many times where my Grandma Carol was a psychic she uh, had a spirit guide that she used that she was able to get that old timey strength where she could rub my dad's back like yeah. like a burly man like she had that kind of strength <laughs> Um, and you know, she had her earlier guide that turned out to be bad, um, all kinds of stuff like that. But that was one thing was that, you know, she always looked forward to afterlife because she was able to see it as well. And she's like, I just want to fly around like all these spirits Mm -hmm. that I see. And so when she passed on, Trisha said she could see her just flying around and she's like, Trisha, it's so great. I'm doing cartwheels (laughs) and you know, she just wasn't in pain and she was just so happy. Just her normal personality, you know? Yep. You know, it's, it's it's really interesting because people who talk about, um, once you're able to see the other side, either you have an out-of-body experience or whatever the case may be, you're able to see that there is uh, no such thing really as death. There's right. the you know the death of the of the physical body, but there is no no actual death for your what makes you who you are. Right. That you no longer fear death. Um, is that the case for you? You mean like going out of body? Well, or? no, just with no. being able to see everything that you've seen, knowing that there is indeed an afterlife, that there's a life after death, whether it be spirit or whatnot, has that made you um, less afraid of dying? Um, You know, I never really thought about dying if it scared me or not. Um, But I know like when family members pass, they always show up. Like, I just wait, like, within a day or two, they show up. I was going to bring that up in a second, so. Oh, like, all the people? Yeah. Oh, my God. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, Yeah, I think the thought of death scares me because as a nurse, I know, you know, you can't breathe. You got that gurgling yeah. sensation and the thought to suffer, you know, the pain that some people go through. Yeah. Sometimes you do die in your sleep if you're lucky, some people don't sometimes it's agonizing and you see that in people and so yeah i guess it it would be scary but i also know that i'm gonna be around my son i'm gonna be around my husband my yeah my family um so that makes me feel better that i can be there for him like my friend nikki is with me and um stefan and you know her her mom and um so, I mean, I guess I have solace in that. Yeah. I mean, I, like, like we've talked about it stuff and, um, you know, I don't, I don't fear death. I fear the act of dying, mm-hmm. which is like, yeah. what you, I, what you're I don't even care if I just become nothing uh, that doesn't bother me, but yeah, that, that just the process is what gets to me. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in fact, my, I'd say my, my biggest fear is, uh, is losing my memory. 
uh, because I I yeah, just too. cherish it that so was much. My grandma Carol's as well. That was one of the other reasons yeah. she ended up getting Alzheimer's, which she worked with Alzheimer's patients, and so it was always her biggest fear. And so that was one of the freedoms for her was to have her mind back. Yeah. So, um, so, but yeah, speaking of that, Trish, I was like, I did want to ask about um, family members or just instances where they've come to you. Um, I know all the stories because I always ask, so you many. know, but I know that our caretaker, Marianne, came to you. Our yes. friend Nikki came to you. Yes. I know that Becky, our old stepmother, she came to you. Those are, you know, stories that are worth elaborating on. Or if you've got other ones you wanted to talk about, I know our audience would love to hear them. I mean, I have so many, whatever you want to hear, you know, um, um, the Marianne one is interesting to me. Um, so she was our nanny, our caretaker, but she was also an abuser, pretty much like everyone in the house. Um, so especially uh, at when we left was kind of, I think, the the high point of the abuse, especially for you, Trish. Yes. And so when she passed away years later, it made it extra difficult. And so that's what I wanted yeah. to preface before you telling uh, that story of what that was like. So, um, I don't remember. It was either my 16th or 17th birthday. That yep. I know died. it was when you had that water bed at dad's. I think it was, mm-hmm. I don't know. I thought it was 17 because that's like when the spirits were coming back again to me, where I was starting to realize again, Oh, you know, I do see spirits. Mm-hmm. They were like breaking through. Um, and, and I wonder, I just wanted to, Sorry, I just wanted to sidestep here and say I wonder if some of that had to do with Nikki dying and just Nikki wasn't well, not just Nikki dying, but I mean, all of this kind of happened around the same kind of couple years. Nikki dying, you kind of uh, everyone being gone. It was just you and Dad, you know, you having your first real relationship um, and things like that. It kind of reopened some things. I wonder just that kind of new life trauma and drama yeah, and and I started realizing like the abuse I was having as well right. and um that I had pushed out of my memories um and like I remember I just did not like Marianne I didn't want to go see her and I started having memories and flashbacks and you know PTSD um with it and so anyways so she ended up passing and uh, my friend Nikki was alive at the time mm-hmm. and we were at her house and I kept her, by the way, her house is super haunted because she still lived with her mom on the street on, oh, Eldred, still on Eldred that we grew up at. <laughs> yeah, and that house. house woo, man. It was so haunted, creepy, Dude, bad energy. Like When we were uh, little, because uh, my best friend growing up was Nikki. She was a girl um, that I always, people always do. I'm like, that was my best friend, but I didn't know she was a girl for the first year. She went by Nick. Um, <laughs> she was a big tomboy. And um, and then she got super hot when she got like 15. Um, but anyways, uh, I love Nikki. But, you know, we used to sleep in the same room when we were kids, when we'd stay the night. Well, as I got older, of course, I they moved me into the guest bedroom, which was her toy room. Mm-hmm. And that that room was haunted. That was my room. Even <laughs> when I started to go and hang out with her again when I was like Older. 15, mm. I had to sleep in that room and it was just as creepy. Yeah, I, and it was so cold in that yeah. room. Yeah. And like so I said, it's that whole cold. neighborhood. And I think a lot of it had to do with, you know, probably the ex cemetery and stuff. Cause yeah, every house was haunted. Paul's house was haunted. Ugh, I, have I mean, so good. Many stories. God, man. Yes. Yeah. So, so anyways, so it's me and Nikki, we're hanging out, we're watching Scream. That was like her favorite movie at the time. It would time. have been 98. 
because I was in, uh, I was uh, staying at mom and Tom's for the summer. It's when I worked for the Cleveland Indians because you guys, you and Nikki came to visit me. Okay. And it was a couple weeks later and I was so freaked out by it all. Yes. I didn't go because I'd never been to a funeral and I, I was, I didn't do it. Yeah. So I was 17 and um, so I kept seeing her on the side of my eye just pop up like even at my house like everywhere she's only on the side not in front of me it was really weird so i get to nikki's house and you know we didn't have cell phones and stuff at the time so i'm waiting to get to her house so we can talk about this and so i need somebody to confirm that they can see the ghost of marianne mm. and um so so we're sitting there watching screen we put it on pause you know we're getting some nachos some food and I finally see her and I'm like, Nikki, Nikki, come here, come look at Marion. And I saw her, she had like a little step in her house, like that went up to a set of steps up to the um, second floor. Mm -hmm. And I said, do you see her? Do you see her on the step? And she was like, Trisha, I'm sorry. I don't see her. And I'm like, she's right there. Mm. Like every time, like I'd say now she's in the dining room. Like, do you see her? And she just creepily stare at me like it was creepy <laughs> with her gross shirt you know those silky shirts yeah she, she had the same clothes the same for years and years that, oh god and um so she did not confirm and um so i remember i went home and i went to go on what you said my big ass waterbed <laughs> And um, I went to go to sleep. It was very comfortable. It was, man. It was. Because when I used to come home from college, she was staying with a friend all the time. So I got to sleep at dad's on this big ass water bed coming from my little tiny twin size dorm bed. Oh, my God. This thing was, was, it, was it like my water bed? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was a queen size bed. Yeah. yeah, mine was like a California king. Oh, yeah, yours was the, ca the was king. Dad hooked you up. I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, it was yeah. huge. Yeah, it barely bad, fit in the room. back. So from Kentucky, I missed that. I missed that place at the time. And um, so anyway, so I'm going to sleep and here I see Marianne. Um, it was weird. Well, you know what? I'm trying to remember because it was so long ago, but I, I saw myself float out of my body and I look over and I see myself like turning and and I sit on my bed and at this moment I can finally see Marianne in front of me hmm. and I said can we talk and so she comes over and I'm like here and I tap the bed and I said please sit down that's where I remember her sitting on the bed and I said I am so scared of you right now I, I want you to stop following me and I want you to stop um everywhere I'm at, please stop. And I said, can you please go see your son, Tom? I know he misses you. That was like one of her sons that she had. And, um, she looks at me and she doesn't say a word. She puts her hand on my shoulder and I feel this cold, cold hand on my shoulder. Um, and she disappears and boom, I'm back in my body, my eyes open. And it was the weirdest thing that had ever happened to me. So that's something that I've always questioned is, you know, the when you're astral traveling, 
can you see spirits that aren't humans astral traveling? Because essentially people believe that it's just the soul or the spirit that has moved around, except for it's tethered to you. Because what you just described as an astral experience, yes. but yet you were able to con like confer with someone uh, in the spirit realm as opposed to the astral realm. So it's, it's really incredible um, to do that. And, and yeah, obviously Marianne had a lot of guilt. That's why she wouldn't let you yes. go. Cause that's exactly when you, you know, your mental illness is freed up, you know, in, in, in the afterlife you're left with, Oh God, I did all this. I think she was trying to apologize yeah. looking back, telling the story right now. Yeah. I think she had so much guilt and I felt that guilt um, when she touched my mm -hmm. arm. But at the time I was just so sure. thankful because at that moment I never saw her again to this yeah. day. Um, it's interesting it that she didn't speak to you though. She That's never what... spoke to me. There was never any words that were um, spoken. And, and maybe that's part of it because, you know, a lot of her abuse was verbal abuse as well. And so maybe that was her way of saying, I'm not going to be vocal anymore. I don't know. There was a lot of physical too, I think. I know, but I'm just probably. saying like, I wonder if that's why she chose to do know. that. I don't know. I think, I think she would know it Makes... would scare the crap yeah. out of or me. Or maybe in your astral form, you're not able to hear. I, I was gonna say no maybe idea, but she never talked yeah. to me while you know I saw yeah. her in you know in my world or whatever. She never spoke, and it was so yeah. real. I swear, Nikki would have saw her when I saw her, mm -hmm. and she did not. And I just, I I couldn't figure it out. I've been doing a lot of uh, reading about um, astral tra astral travel, um, and uh, one of the things that I've come across is that. Uh, for the vast majority of people who astral travel, um, they can't, uh, they can't, or they're not able to uh, interact with uh, spirits of the spirit realm while they're astral traveling. They can interact with other beings of other, um, what's the word, dimensions that maybe come into the astral plane, but they're not able to interact with other spirit. But but the the, the books that I've read and the authors that I've listened to say that there are some select folks that are able to interact with spirits uh, in the astral plane. And it's because they're just, they're very psychically honed mm -hmm. to be able to have those connections and to reach out in, in, in the way that they describe it is more like um, you're like passing trains on a platform. Mm -hmm. And so you're able to see each other, but you, but you don't really get to experience each other fully because you're just passing trains on a platform. Mm. So. Oh, that's that makes a lot of sense. Very, very interesting mm. for sure. Um, now the other one I wanted to ask, and, and if you're not comfortable sharing the story, that's okay. Um, but which is the Nikki story. Sure. Um, you know, I, strange. I yeah, I, I know that it involves some other people. So, you know, I didn't know if you were comfortable sharing this story, but it's one of the biggest pieces of what we call pudding that I've ever heard. Um, you know, that proof is in the pudding. Um, yeah, and I haven't told the story in a really, really long time. So I'm going to try to play it out as I remember. But my best friend died. Um, I had... I had nobody. My dad constantly traveled. Um, Stefan and Tommy were living in other states. Um, I did have my friends that I had just met that year, um, and I felt lost. Um, I was living with somebody um, because I had nowhere to go, and um, it was in a trailer park. 
and um the girl that lived there had came and told me she died which do you want me to tell you the story of how like i dreamt of her yeah how nikki told you like about flea yeah yeah but i mm-hmm. what about the one for when she died like how i knew about that yeah tell that tell them both okay so okay we're gonna backtrack so um nikki's alive and two weeks before i have this dream um having lots of premonitions, people being pregnant, like just different premonitions, uh, very new for me. And um, I dreamt that my friend Nikki was driving a white car and that she had um, hit her car into a brick wall. Um, But in my, I thought it was a highway and I was really upset and I was lost at the time. And so was she, and she, she was suicidal and, you know, she was like, I just want to die. And I was like, Nikki, please, if you're going to die, I don't want to live without you. I mean, she is all I had yeah. at the time. I just really didn't have good support. Hard. And I'm like, yeah. I'm willing to, you know, you take me with you. Like I told her this dream because it scared me so bad. And when I have these dreams, they are so vivid. It's completely different from a regular dream. A regular dream is almost cartoon-like, um, kind of farther away where um, um, a premonition is more vivid. It's bigger in my in my dream. Um, and it just really scared me. And then two weeks later, that day, I got this huge, like I remember driving down the road to drive to my house and um, I felt this huge heaviness on me and I didn't understand it. And I went to my house and I don't know. I think friends were there and I just didn't feel right the whole day. And I'm sitting on my bed upstairs and I'm like, it's coming. It's coming. I don't know what was coming. I just knew something was coming. And there's this knock at the door and they're like, Trisha, you know, uh, Jenny's here. And so I'm like, okay. Jenny is who you would stay with at the trailer park. Jenny is who I stayed with at the trailer park. Um, I did not live at my dad's at the time, but I was there because he was out of town and we might've been partying. I'm not sure. And taking care of the cat. Oh yeah. God. Yeah. I had to take care of that cat all the time. (laughs) So, so, um, I walked down and I'm like, okay, this is going to be big in my head. And I opened the sliding glass door and I said, tell me. And she said, we need to go upstairs now. And I, I need you to sit on the bed. And we walked upstairs and I was just in dread like this over, it just overcame me. And, um, and I sat down and she said, Trisha, Nikki's dead. And I just started, I lost it. And I said, you're lying, you know, you're lying to me, you know, don't say that, you know, that those things. And, and she was like, listen, Karen called me, you know, Nikki died. She, she hit a wall, you know, um, come to find out it was a brick wall, um, in her white car and, um, her and her boyfriend had gotten into a fight. And, um, I think he... I think she went off into the car and he was chasing after her and very quickly it was actually across the street from our old um, elementary school elementary school um, she what they said was she had an aneurysm she had an aneurysm um, and she hit a car it t-boned her and she spun around and she slammed into this uh, brick building and got smushed 
Mm. And uh, it was very awful. And um, it's weird still to this day to see that empty spot where it used to be because it was like part of like almost like a little mini mall like it had a bunch of different shops areas and so that last section has been gone since then they never rebuilt anything because the neighborhood was crumbling at that point and um at that moment my world was empty um i mean marianne had died but i did not like her mm -hmm. even though i knew her for several years um she was my first death and she was my best friend i knew her since i was three yep. um she was everything to me she was my sister she was like my actual sister mm. um we are who we we had each other um, she was a single child. Her father passed away when he was young of cancer and we had each other and that's all we had. Yep. Even growing up, I mean, when her and I were best friends, you still ran with us as Paul did. And then as we got older, my parents kind of, and her parents kind of forced a fight between us because they were worried that we were getting older and that it was, she was two years older than me and that we might explore things or whatever. So they kind of fixed a fight, which my dad admitted later and that kind of pushed her towards Trisha more and me towards Paul more and that's kind of when Paul became my best friend um, but Nikki we always still stayed close yes. and stuff like that so when Trisha called me you know I was actually in Cleveland with uh, our old friend Aaron Linney um, I was going to a wrestling pay-per-view I was on my way to the wrestling pay-per-view I'd never been to a re like a WWF thing ever I was on my way and then I had to take that with me <laughs> into the wrestling pay-per-view <laughs> and Aaron and I had just met we only knew each other for like two three months so he was like uh, <laughs> I don't know what to do uh, but anyways like then what happened after so, this is the crazy part so I mean I'm devastated I'm at my friend Jenny's house I literally live on her couch and I'm not showering um, just disgusting I don't I don't want to do anything and um, so I start dreaming and that I don't remember what night, but Nikki had came to me in my dream and we talked and I, you know, I told her how sad I was and, you know, um, I wish she was here and why'd she have to die? And, you know, we'd sit and we'd talk and I'd wake up the next morning completely exhausted. And I, I didn't understand because to me, I was dreaming. Um, and, um, and as the nights went on, um, she was like, Trisha, she's like, listen, I need to tell you something. And she was like, come sit down. And she shows me this chair, the like, light beams on it. And she's like, I need you to sit down. I need to talk to you. Cause usually in our dreams, I'm just fighting with her. I want her to come back. I don't want her to go off into the light. You know, that was always the thing. And you know, she was telling me she had to, and she was like, I need to, I need to show you something. And, um, she shows me it. And in my head, it's just filled with these, uh, visions of my best friend, um, basically kissing, um, and, uh, having an affair with, I think we had broken up my boyfriend, but it was my first real boyfriend. And it hadn't been long. No, it wasn't long at all. And, um, and I was just devastated and she showed me it like three days in a row and um on the third night it was new year's eve and we all went to this huge party we were big partiers and uh 
I, you know, had a little too much to drink. And in front of all of our friends, I said, do you want to know the craziest shit that's happened? <laughs> and I said, Nikki keeps showing me that you are with Flea kissing them. And everybody stopped. Everybody, everybody at this table just stopped. And they looked at each other. And I thought, my God. And she said, Trisha, we need to talk. <laughs> and we go upstairs into the spare room and she sits me down and she said, Trisha, I've been seeing Flea. Uh, I don't remember how long. Probably a few weeks. I have no idea. But she's like, I've been seeing him for a couple weeks now. We've been keeping it from you. Everybody knows. You know, and I mm. just started crying and I was like, I would never do that to you. She had a huge crush on this other guy. And I was like, you know, this guy hit on me and I would never even think about touching him. And here you are, you know, hooking up with my boyfriend I just broke up with. It was devastating. And we spent the whole night talking. We walked home together and which was a very, very long walk. And, um, yeah, I mean, that was the first. And now she's one of your closest friends in the whole world. <laughs> she is. She's my bestie. We were young. This guy yeah. was a lot older. He took advantage of us, unfortunately. We were kids. I'm glad me and Amber worked it out that night. Um, they did continue to date, I think, for another week or two. It was very disgusting like it just <laughs> I was it was such a weird time, um, but it kind of snapped me out of it a little. Um, and that's where I met my other best friend, Kelly. Mm -hmm. And uh, cause she was dating flea. Um, what a gross name. And this dude wasn't even, <laughs> I mean, this dude was trailer trash as I all mean, get out. He had a guy, tooth missing. No, he didn't. <laughs> no, he didn't. I mean, he does now, but he, <laughs> he skinny and gross. He, like, Yeah. I don't know. He was like 23, 24. We were kids, you know, unfortunately. And uh, so it's like the, uh, it's like the guy from Uncle Buck, Nat. It was guy, yeah, it was pretty, Nat much. Like that. <laughs> pretty much. And, and Uncle, uh, Uncle Buck the calls him Bug. guy took advantage so. of us. It was, uh, it was awful. Now that we're older, you know, I realize uh, what, how he manipulated all us young teenage girls. Um, but that was, the yeah, first, that was the first time with Nikki. <laughs> Stephanie and I know somebody like that. that yep. was... Trisha knows him, too. Mm -hmm. Oh God! <laughs> oh, and so. he was gross too with me. Yep, he tried. He tried some moves on Trisha. He did. He did. Disgusting. After he graduated uh, high school, so it was extra awkward. Yeah. Um, but moving on. From anyway, anyway. <laughs> I got one or two questions more to ask you. I want to get them quick because I know we're running out of time. Um, but one of the questions I wanted to ask you about was being a nurse. Like, how how has that affected you? your skills being a nurse, not both emp like having empathy um, as well as being able to see spirits, uh, you know, and, you know, you've had to deal with, I'm sure, you know, uh, people dying or whatever saying they see so-and-so and you've probably seen them too, um, you know, or just seeing someone that's died maybe and you then see their spirit or just dealing. I know you deal with a lot of uh, behavioral um, stuff now, but you didn't always, right? No, I, I hadn't always, um, and I'm going to move away from the nurse thing just for a minute. Um, our grandfather wasn't doing well, our grandpa Krieger, and um, Aunt Joan had been telling me that he, that, um, he was seeing um, things like being um, hallucinations, mm -hmm. and uh, I don't know how, maybe a week or two before he died, um, 
he said he was seeing these children and I was there mm. and I saw these children. Hey, I didn't know this. This is new mm. for me. Yeah. And because I opened myself up and I'm like, let me see if he's actually like hallucinating or if he's seeing them. And they were there. They were standing there. And I think they were walking, welcoming, uh, welcoming him, um, yeah, telling yeah. him it's okay to cross over. It's okay to come. Um, and and I know he was going to pass. My grandma had told me um, within, I think the year before my grandpa died, she had came to me in my dream and let me know that he would be dying. Because she had already passed way years yes. before. Yes, and she did tell me he was going to die next year. You know, it's wonder, kind of you know my grandfather was in World War II. He was in the Battle of the Bulge, and uh, uh, he was in the first wave at Normandy uh, and things like that. And there's a lot of stuff that he didn't share with people, and it makes you wonder if maybe he was part of like a bombing that killed some children or something. I have um, no idea. They were children that he knew because he felt comfortable with them mm. um and it was a quick moment did he did he have siblings yes yes but this he, I, I think he, he was brothers. the first he i think brothers. he was the first to go though he had brothers well, but, only okay. and no he had a, a sister girl. too oh, he, he yeah he had a sister too oh well it was two little boys and a girl mm. that i saw i'm um, very faint and um they weren't looking at us they uh seen nothing with us there they were just looking at my grandpa and holding out their hands um and he was looking at them and he was kind of laughing and that was it like that was with grandpa um but well, it's as- interesting and i just want to throw this out there my uh grandparents well so my my grandfather who has been passed for 13 years um he uh, he had two uh brothers that died when they were like three. And I didn't know that he had those two brothers Mm -hmm. until much later in life that they had died so young. Um, And so just, just out of, you know, that's why made me ask the question around, were they potentially siblings? I mean, it could have been my grandmother had six kids. Who knows? They could have had miscarriages or babies that died at birth. And I have absolutely no idea. I never actually like, I don't think I've ever told anyone this story. Um, you know, it was just something for me. Um, and so I never asked any questions because, mm. like I said, I see spirits all the time. And I'm not going to yeah. my aunt my mom, who at the time doesn't know I'm seeing spirits um, because yeah. they're Catholic, you know. <laughs> so, But I just, you know, one of the things that, that I've talked about, we, we talked about, I can't remember, a couple episodes back is the idea that uh, that spirit spirit energy comes to people in the form that is most receptive to that to that person right so if the same spirit energy could come to you both and Trisha you could see it as an as a middle-aged person and Stefan you could see it as an older person or a young kid it, it's how it manifests itself how you can best right. receive whatever the message is and so for your grandfather, it could have been spirit energy that was long gone from buddies that he fought in the war with, but came as children sure. because that was the way that it was most comforting to him hmm. to, to, to accept and move on. Sure. Definitely. Very, very interesting for sure. That's a good thought. 
Um, so anyways, so back to the nursing thing. Um, I just became a nurse a little over three years ago, almost four now. And, um, you know, we get a lot of mentally ill people there and a lot of them are psychotic, which is where they, uh, see and hear things that aren't there or they're delusional, which is kind of like, they're kind of living in this world that isn't real. Um, and so sometimes I will open myself up and just see, like, sometimes people come and you're like, I don't know. He just, he doesn't seem off. Like, you know, how the rest of the psychotic people mm-hmm. uh, present themselves and, and I'll open up and I'm like, oh my God, his dad really is here, but I can't tell anybody, Right. you know, I can't right. say, oh, this is real because in my nursing world, this is not real. And we have to treat it as a professional and you have to push those things, your beliefs aside to be able to care for someone appropriately. And, and it's still so taboo. That's the same thing yeah. with UFOs and, and things like that. It's so incredibly taboo. Well, it's, it's unfortunate because you're treating uh, someone uh, for a mental illness that likely doesn't have a mental illness. Correct. Which and doesn't so, happen too often, though. Right. I'm, I'm, yeah, but I'm, I'm going to just say it is it, because there's no willingness to look at things outside of what science can Correct. tell us. Yes. Well, and highly um, religious families will indeed make them feel like they have a mental illness. I mean, look at the movie yeah. Carrie is a perfect example. Right. Well, I, to you know trish you're talking about what it was like you know growing up i mean that's a perfect example right so uh, your experiences would have if you would have came forward and said all that you likely would have been put in a mental hospital so right uh, and that's a follow-up because i was going to say you actually one of your breakthrough moments too was one of your therapists or psychiatrists that told you no you're not crazy right yes and still to this day, I wonder how she came to that conclusion um, <laughs> because she was a licensed, you know, therapist. Um, but she did tell me, I remember that was my last day I saw her. She said, I do believe you and I do not believe that you have a mental illness. Um, but knowing what I know now, um, I'm surprised she said that to me. So um, very interesting. It made me feel better. Um but yeah, I mean, with her, I told her about her grandfather, you know, and um, it was very interesting. It was, uh, you know, I tend to make people cry um, because there's sometimes personal things they want to know or um, so just very interesting. And um, it does happen. And uh, it's not too often where I work because it's usually extreme cases. Um but we do get like Native Americans who believe certain beliefs. And sometimes I'm like, this guy might be telling the truth. You know, you don't know everything. And there are nurses and medical professionals out there that believe the same as me. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, at my work now, I haven't really shared a lot with people. Um, but I know eventually I will. And I know the stories will start flooding because that's what happened at my other work. We had other people. It's interesting because a lot of psychics, a lot of mediums, a lot of pagans um, tend to be nurses. It's really, really interesting because they have their, their, uh, they have that empathy you know like they're empathetic and they it's a gift and they're able to use it they've learned that hey i can use this to help people even more so um healers reiki masters they tend to be nurses and things like that so it's really really you do have to block yourself because they will unintentionally take 
from you. Oh yeah, psychic energy. vampires. <laughs> yes, yes, and you do have but, the clock. It's like my, you know what? What I do when I'm not doing the podcast, or well, even the stuff that we do as it relates to the podcast. The sometimes the questions that I ask uh, to the guests that are on the show or, or discussion topics we discuss, oftentimes just I just get a gut feeling like I should ask this question or. I should ask this person's opinion or at work. I say, you know, I, I should ask this question at work or I should ask this yeah. person this question or I should bring this up. I just get these kind of instinctual feelings. I, yeah, and a lot of that like is got a box sense. full of cash. That's your sixth sense coming through. Um, yeah. I use that all box the full time. of shredded money. Like they say, follow your stomach, you know, mm-hmm. in nursing. And it's such a true statement because you just know something is wrong with somebody. You know, something's off. Yeah. Like we were even talking about it today in my, we had a training today and they were like, follow your stomach, you know? And I was thinking that's that sixth sense, you know, that mm-hmm. you have, you know, something's off, something's wrong and you need to, you know, go for what you need, you know, from these doctors or whoever. So definitely interesting. A lot of people have it. Don't yeah. realize. Um, the final thing I want to ask you is just what can you say to people that are experiencing this for the first time, what's some sort of advice that you can give to people um, that you didn't get when you were younger, especially if they're teenagers or, or younger? You know, when, when friends come to me about their children that have it and they don't know what to do because they don't believe in this stuff, but it's affecting their children so bad, I'll talk to the kids and I'll teach them um, how to put that layer around them um, to keep them safe so spirits can't touch them or so they can't bother them while they're trying to sleep. You know, you just imagine the hardest substance in the world or something harder than that. And um, it goes around your entire body and nothing can break through it. Nothing can get to you. And it, it, it'll make you feel safer, especially at night when you're by yourself. It's so scary. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's when they know you're alone and they can come to you, um, and, and try to reach out to you, um, or suck energy from you, mm-hmm. um, depending on what kind of, uh, being it is. Cause they, yeah, that's the key. They're not attracted to your body. They're attracted to your spirit because your spirit is the thing that can communicate. So right. energetically shielding does indeed shield that spirit. I can add to that, that you can change and, um, flow your shield it is all about intent you know a lot of times santosh and i talk about creating one that has a net so that it creates like a filter like a screen door it's like only good can go in and out correct you know and but it still blocks because the negative is bigger so it's still going to block it but yeah i mean when you're in a pinch and you need that shield if you're a nerd like me i cover myself in adamantium because in the marvel universe it's the strongest metal exactly that's what you have to do and um Oh, geez, I, I lost my train of thought. Um, oh, you can tell you can tell spirits to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, and I never knew that. But you can say, I do not want you here. You need to leave. Um, and sometimes I'll say you can come back tomorrow. Or sometimes I'll say if you are not here for good. And you can say this in your head, too. They, they hear you. Um, if you are not here for good then you need to leave now. Mm -hmm. If you mean me harm, then you need to leave now. You are not welcome here. And imagine something pushing them out of your house. A lot of people use white light to imagine a bright white light pushing them out or even shielding themselves with a bright white light that'll burn anything that comes through. 
you know so one of the lots of ways. one of the things that i was i was using to help so I'm, you know i mentioned that we did the ce5 Kristen and i my wife um last weekend one of the things i was giving to her because she's still very new to this and and so i was trying to help her understand is um she's a harry potter fan so i i told her to imagine her patronus mm-hmm. um, absolutely and imagine That's where that, that idea pro- comes from yeah right imagine that you know not just projecting from like her fingertip as the one but actually projecting from her yeah. and so uh and nothing nothing you know whatever your patronus is and so that, so for anybody who's a harry potter fan who may not know exactly uh how they can manifest this who's anybody who's like me that that struggles sometimes with conceptually understanding how to put something like that in place that has helped me to think about it basically it's my patronus that radiates from you know starts as a small ball inside of me somewhere and then just grows and grows and grows until it covers me or even radiates beyond you know Stefan, i've talked to you about some nights um my kids don't sleep well and so they're still trying to learn how to mm-hmm. shield themselves and so instead i just put a shield around the entire house yeah yep. when i go to bed at night yep and and so, i'll do that when we do uh wiccan ritual sometimes we'll just do the entire house so we can freely move around if we need to get a drink <laughs> yeah. um but i will add to that also we live in a technological age you you know you, you could find your local metaphysical store pagan store new age store speak to there they'll point you in the right direction there's also lots of great facebook groups crystals crystals you know but find these facebook groups that say mediums and and you can people will point you in the right direction you know just don't trust when people are like come to my house you know you don't want to do all that but like there are support groups and things like that for people that you are not alone i mean this episode with trisha our episode we had with vashti that this is to show you that you're not alone and there are lots of you so and and also uh, and I'll and I'll say this to, just to echo onto that, um, there's a lot of free help, mm-hmm. so don't feel like you have to pay hundreds or thousands of dollars for some medium to come into your house and cleanse your house because for every person who's doing that to for that level of money, there are probably hundreds more that would do it for nothing. Yep. And uh, there are some really good folks out there. I also recommend finding a Unitarian Universalist church to see if they have a CUPS group, which is the Covenant of Unitarian Universalist Pagans. Uh, They're very helpful, too. Um, But I want to get moving on. Thank you so much, Tricia. We appreciate you being honest. Um, God, I feel like we could be on here for three hours and we haven't even scratched the surface. So we obviously would love to have you come back on, uh, talk more. Um, I I think one day we should get her and Vashti on the same show and see what happens. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But anyways, I want to move to our listener story. Uh, We got a really great listener story. Uh, It comes from a listener named Brittany Banks. She emailed us, which you can do at fearscapepodcast at gmail.com. You can send your spooky stories. This is a bit of a long one. So uh, this is uh, the story which she titles The Ghost of William Duffer uh, from Brittany Banks. Hey, Josh and Stefan. I saw your post about wanting stories of paranormal experiences. So I thought you might be interested in hearing my ghost story. I've told it many times, but I've never put it in writing before. So let me first preface the story with the fact that I never believed in ghosts until the weekend of meeting this particular one. I've had some weird things happen in my past, but never something so up close and personal. Anyway, here goes. I have a large family, and every couple of years the ladies do a weekend girls trip to somewhere close by. 
This year was my family's turn picking and planning. We landed on Nashville, but the house was a little outside of Nashville. This year we had ladies joining us, 14 of them, ranging in ages 21 to 80 years old. The house was large with seven or eight bedrooms and was surrounded by woods. My mother and I were the first to arrive. I propped the door open so we could carry in our luggage. As I was walking in, a bird flew straight through the open door and right into the house. Now, my initial thought was that it's going to take forever to find it and get it back outside. But as I walked inside, there was the bird staring at me, sitting on a picture in the living room. I approached the bird, expecting it to panic and flutter off in a corner, but it didn't. It just stayed on the picture and looked at me, turning its head back and forth. I was so close to it that I could touch it, but I didn't want to touch it, so I grabbed a broom and encouraged it to fly back towards the open door. It flew back towards the door, but stopped on the ceiling beam in the kitchen, where it was then hanging upside down, still looking at me. I repeat what I just said. This bird was hanging upside down like a bat. Then it flew right out the front door. The entire interaction was strange. The bird never seemed panicked or lost. It was just like it was inquisitive and familiar with its surroundings. And I'll come back to this bird. My great aunts were the next to arrive. We were outside on the deck greeting them. And that's when I saw him. Out of the corner of my eye, I saw a man, a ghost, walking through the kitchen. He didn't look at us, and he didn't seem aware that we were on the deck. And he looked the color of sepia tone. My reaction? I did nothing. I didn't scream. I didn't move. I didn't do anything. At that point... Ghosts didn't exist to me, but I knew what I saw. As the day went on, more and more of my family started to arrive. We were drinking, eating, and playing games. Things were pretty normal that night. I even slept in a room by myself. The next morning, we started preparing brunch. We're a group of ladies from Kentucky, so there were lots of casseroles to be heated. However, there was no heat. The oven was getting electricity because the clock was working, but the oven wouldn't heat up and none of the burners would work. And it was the same with the microwave. The digital clock was working, but the microwave, it wouldn't heat. Now, I'm not an electrician, but I know that's really weird. So I went to look for the circuit breaker and found it behind a picture. When I removed the picture, the breaker box sparked so fiercely that I didn't dare open it. We ended up heating our casseroles on the propane grill outside. Now, given the weird situation, we started talking about other weird things that were happening. Apparently, I wasn't the only one. Sometimes, some of the ladies said that doors would open or close, lights would flicker, and light switches wouldn't always work. Well, that's when I told my story about what I saw. After, we ended up calling the owner of the house who sent an electrician out. He checked everything and said it was all working properly. Half joking, I asked him if it could be a ghost. (laughs) Definitely joking, he asked me, well, what did you see? I think that was the moment that I truly realized that I did indeed see a ghost. 
He explained to me that the man who built this house had died and his ghost remains in the house. He said that he was one of the workers that built the addition onto the house after he died so that they could rent it out. He then proceeded to hand me his business card and to call him if anything else happens. Now at this point I'm thinking I just want to go home. I didn't drive home that night, however, but I did sleep in my mom's bed with her. The next morning, my great aunt, who is 80 years old, told us that her bed kept violently shaking throughout the night. She was having to get out of bed, turn the lights on, look under the bed, but nothing was ever there. Some of the ladies did walk and came across a neighbor. Now, this neighbor lady double-stamped the ghost story for us. She said that some people could see him walking through town. And apparently, he was a friendly ghost, but there were some questions involving his death and whether family members were involved due to him having money or not. Again, that night, I slept with my mama again. While I was sleeping, though, that night, I was woken up by two sets of hands holding me down in bed. I couldn't move. I couldn't scream. I knew my mom was next to me, but I I had to wake her up. I, I tried with all my might to kick her. She finally heard me suffering. She jumped out of bed and threw on the lights, and I was drenched in sweat, but there was no one in the room. She remembers that the room felt eerie and had this distinct temperature change. It was enough for her to sit up in bed and watch over me until the sun came up the next morning. We were scheduled to check out that morning and made no mention of me being held down to the ladies. I I was beyond terrified at that point. Now, I'm not an anxious person, but the next few days were filled with so much anxiety that I was having a hard time functioning. I didn't even want to go to the grocery store alone. That damn bird never left my mind. So I decided to Google what it means when a bird flies into your house. Death. It means death. I advised mom to call the owner and tell her what happened. I couldn't imagine someone else renting that house and having them attacked by a ghost. And after talking to the owner, my mom called back and asked if I was ready for some more scary news. At this point, what could be scarier than being held down by a ghost? Mom had mentioned to the owner that there might be a ghost, but didn't go into the details. The owner told her that she was aware of the ghost and that when she goes to clean the house, the dog of hers refuses to come inside and sits outside and just barks at the house the whole time. The owner said that she's never seen anything, but the electrician that she sent had. Apparently, when he was working on the house, he would sleep on the floor after a long day of work until one night he was held down in his sleep. The owner said that he refuses to go there after dark. Well... I still had his business card, so I called him. I told the electrician what had happened. We discovered that it happened in the same bedroom. He then told me to say my prayers every night because that ghost will be back. I started Googling ways to keep ghosts out. Within hours, I had purchased pounds of salt, circled my house with salt. I looked up sage smudging, but landed on a Reiki master instead. I scheduled my Reiki session, even though I had no idea what it was. The Reiki master said that she could help me by closing my third eye. I'm told that once it's closed, it can never be open. Take my money and close that shit up now. I left that session feeling a little better. Fast forward to almost a year 
to the date that I had been accosted by that ghost. We were watching the last episode of Stranger Things Season 1, where Eleven confronts the thing or monster and yells at it that she is not afraid of it. I go to sleep that night and I have a dream that him, the ghost, is in my bedroom. I start yelling at it that I'm not afraid and that it needs to leave me alone. I wake up and I'm literally sitting in my bed. I feel good, like I just told this ghost off and then go back to sleep. When I wake up in the morning, me and my husband look at each other and in unison say, I just had the weirdest dream. He tells me to go first and tell him proudly about the dream and that I feel like I've gotten closure with my ghost. Then I have him tell me his weird dreams. He says, honey, I was held down. Years have gone by, and I haven't had any other encounters. For a long time, though, there wasn't a day that I didn't think about the Mr. Duffer, as I was told. I never felt like he was trying to harm me, but that he was trying to tell me something, or maybe he was reenacting a scene. I think he's stuck in this world and needs help with his closure. I've gone back and forth with writing his family, but what that neighbor said about his death had me wondering if his family would not be the best people to reach out to. I've also considered a medium in case he or she can better communicate with me and with the ghost, but it scares the shit out of me. As great as my story is, I'm writing all of this in hopes that someone else could help him. Maybe that's my role, just to find someone else. So here's his information and his house location. The man, the ghost, was named William Duffer. And this home sits at 1498 Duffer Hollow Road in Bethpage, Tennessee, 37022. It's currently for sale. The last time that I checked, it looked like it went back to a family member. So that's probably the person who had listed it. But thank you so much for listening And please let me know if this goes anywhere. I would love to see him move on from the house. Wow, good story. Um, You know what the freakiest part to me was the bird pretending to be a bat. Like, that's that's the image I can't get out of my head, dude. It's like, and I know she's probably more scared of, like, seeing William Duffer. But I'm like, if I saw a bird hanging upside down. upside down. Yeah, Yeah, I've never heard of birds doing that. I've never seen it. Unless it's like just swinging around. Unless it's like a bat. Yeah. Know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, if if it's a bat. But but I mean, th- there's no... I also have never seen a bat perch on anything like a bird does. So, right. you know. Right. I mean, bats always hanging upside down. So, you know, unless it was like a bird bat, some kind of new species that we don't know about, mm-hmm. that's killing off all the birds in New Mexico. Um, so... To kind of and, bring it all back around. And it's great because we see this a lot where we see um, an owner or a landlord or whatever, like coming in and going, oh, so what did you see? And it already confirms, yeah. oh, God, what I'm seeing is legit. Just like, you know, the, the owner of that home, half joking, you know, uh, was like, oh, what, what did you see? And and then he's like, oh, OK, well, this is haunted. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, we, we what's really interesting What's really interesting too is that uh, that place is for sale. It is. Yeah. Um, it is very much for sale. You can so, find it. I know the address we said, but you can also go to redfin.com and look yeah. it up there. Um, but yeah, the, the um, night hag, which turns out to be the same ghost. Oh boy, that's yeah. that's kind of a thing that doesn't happen too often. 
Um, you know, who is, I was trying to think of who do we know that lives in, in Tennessee and uh, Santiago, I think. Lives oh, in yeah. Tennessee. Santiago does. He lives in Nashville. Um, also, is, uh, Ricky Blaylock, who I interviewed on the uh, Misters of the Dark. He's down there as yeah. well, closer to uh, Chattanooga. So. So it'd be interesting if uh, Santiago could ever go out there and do an investigation. In oh, house. he'd love it because you know how he is. Hi, yeah, yeah, yeah I know. Be like, hey there, William Duffer. Hi, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. Cheers, <laughs> man. You would eat up Santiago. He's that the best, dude. Fun. He is the best. Um, but yeah, thank you so much uh, to Brittany. Um, I, I know that you'd let us know that you'd probably be too scared to listen to your own story, but hopefully your husband is listening here. And uh, thank you so much for sharing that with us. We are so thankful. We love these stories, especially a good long one, but we like the shorties too. Like give us a short story, you know, a couple like me, you know, Hey, this lady, just the, the drawer came in and out. It was crazy, you know, like, or right. I, I just, I thought I saw something and then I saw this tarantula. We want those stories. So send those right. to fearscape podcast at gmail.com or even on our social media at fearscape pod or the easiest way you can go to fearscapepodcast.com um and submit a sighting and and put it right there or even on fearscapepodcast.com there is the little messenger bubble for facebook messenger. oh yeah for a chat you can chat right with us you can right click there. that right there and chat with us right there too tell us so, your stories yeah. man uh, but yeah please make sure to check that out make sure to check out fearscapemedia.com that's where the home to uh all of the fearscape media network podcasts are um we've even had a new one memories of kane i'm really excited about if you're an scp fan which is extra nerdy and cool um but yeah we got some cool stuff check that out we got our new store for the holidays which is happening so make sure to check out fearscape uh podcast or fearscapemedia.com slash store either one works and it's going to take you to our new uh t-shirt store there's so much stuff you can get mugs and blankets and curtains and all sorts of stuff. bath mats bath you know, mats every, you know, i mean we are going the gamut on leggings leggings yeah. you can yeah, get a wall a wall clock you want a wall yeah, clock, a wall with clock. Skate podcast? there you go yeah so, if yeah. you're interested in that aspect of our branding and you want that stuff for a fearscape fan that's great but we also have some just really cool designs as well that aren't fearscape but they are kind of cryptid and ufo related and ghost related and stuff like that yep. so we think you guys will enjoy that uh but josh tell them what you really want for christmas you know what i would love some podcast reviews for christmas mm-hmm uh, it would be spectacular. You know, if you can go out there, you can review our, our, our Facebook page itself. You can review us anywhere like Apple podcasts or, uh, uh, not Spotify stitcher, mm-hmm. uh, has, has a review option. I think Google podcasts has a review option. Um, so anywhere that you listen, that you can find it that says leave a review. Yep. If you could just take a few seconds and leave us a review, it doesn't have to be words. You could just click the stars that you Five think stars, we deserve yeah. and, uh, and just say it was cool or whatever. Um, <laughs> we're happy with that. But yeah, um, do that. We'll even give you a free sticker. Uh, we'll send yep. you a free sticker for giving us a review. Uh, so you gotta, uh, if you we, know, all you gotta do we is let us know you, that you us. did it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we'll get you a free sticker, and that's how it goes. But we're going to get out of here because it's time to go. Um, but, yeah, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, Trisha, one more time, thank you so much for uh, joining yep. us. I'm so glad we can share in this together now. It's fun. Yeah, definitely. I'd love to come back. I had such a good time with you and Josh, so hope yeah. you do. And, fight and when Josh comes wait. out to visit in yes, March, we're going to be doing some fun. ghost hunting yes. and some all kinds we're of good be- stuff. 
Yeah, Est yeah, Estes sessions in the desert. Oh yeah, yes, oh yeah, for sure. Vacation time. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in to Fearscape Paranormal Podcast. This has been Stefan. I will catch you on the flip side. This has been Josh. The truth is out there. And uh, make sure to hold those blankets extra tight, folks, because things tend to get spooky when you're listening to Fearscape. Good night, everybody. Good night. I'm so glad you were able to join us for that horrifying discussion. I hope they didn't frighten you too much. <laughs> Tune in next week for even more research into the nightmarish and haunting creeps and spooks that we tell ourselves don't exist, but we know they do. Make sure you have your blankets that you hold them extra tight. Next time on Fearscape. <laughs>